Hi, welcome to worship. Thank you for joining me today. We will begin with the confession and forgiveness. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I ask you to silently confess your sin in the presence of God and of one another. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead to sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with the power through the Holy Spirit that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. O God, our defender, storms rage around and within us and cause us to be afraid. Rescue your people from despair, deliver your sons and daughters from fear, and preserve us in the faith of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from Genesis. Jacob settled in the land where his father had lived as an alien, the land of Canaan. 
This is the story of the family of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was shepherding the flock with his brothers. He was a helper to the sons to the sons of Billah and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his children, because he was the son of his old age, and he had made him a long robe with sleeves. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem, and Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. He answered, Here I am. So he said to him, Go now, see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock, and bring word back to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron. He came to Shechem and found a man wandering in the fields. The man asked him, What are you seeking? I am seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me, please, where are they pasturing the flock? The man said, They have gone away, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dotham. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him from a distance, and before he came near to them, they conspired to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say that a wild animal had devoured him, and we'll, we shall see what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard it, he delivered him out of their hands, saying, Let us not take his life. Reuben said to them, Shed no blood. Throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but lay no hand on him, that he might rescue him out of their hand and restore him to their, his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the long robe with sleeves that he had wore, and they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty. There was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat, and looking up, they saw a caravan Ish of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels carrying gum, balm, and resin on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay a hand on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers agreed. When some Midianite traders passed by, they drew Joseph up, lifting him out of the pit, and sold him to the Ishmaelites for twenty pieces of silver, and they took Joseph to Egypt. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead onto the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain to himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, and the wind was against them. And early in the morning 
he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, Is it a ghost? And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Last week, we talked about Jacob traveling with his family to meet with his brother Esau and how he wrestled with God. Today, we see Jacob wrestling with something different. Today, Jacob and his sons are dealing with family relationships. Jacob has 12 sons. Reuben was the oldest. The others were Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Joseph, and Benjamin. We learn that Joseph was the favorite son of Jacob. It makes no sense for one of the youngest to be the favorite son. That is not how families functioned in Jacob's time. Reuben should have been the first in line to inherit Jacob's wealth upon his death. Unfortunately, Reuben fell out of favor with Jacob and would not be the beneficiary after Jacob died. But that still should not make Joseph the favored one. Usually the sons who were the last to be born remained as workers in the family. They were not the ones to inherit anything. Yet Joseph seemed to be the exception. He wasn't the youngest, although it says in our reading that he was the son of Jacob's old age. Benjamin was the youngest, but when he was born, his mother Rachel died in childbirth. Could it be that Joseph blamed Benjamin for his mother's death? Jacob did not try to hide the fact that he loved Joseph more than his other brothers. He went so far as to give him a special robe to symbolize how much he favored him. That robe was an insult to his other sons. Not only that, but Joseph was known to report to his father when he felt his brothers were not working hard enough. Imagine how the brothers felt about Joseph then. In our reading, the brothers refer to Joseph as the dreamer. That reference comes from him telling them about the dreams he had where the sun, moon, and stars bow, bowed down to him, and he inferred that his family would also bow to him. Now we know those dreams reference a time later when Joseph does have authority over his brothers, but for now they do not even know that that will happen. The brothers are jealous of him because he seemed to do no wrong in the eyes of their father. 
Their jealousy had gotten to the point where they wished he was no longer alive. They had an opportunity to kill him and would have done so if it had not been for Reuben, who convinced them to throw him into a pit and leave him to the wild animals. The brothers agreed. Reuben's plan, then, was to come back once the others were gone and rescue Joseph and take him back to his father. Do you suppose he hoped that by saving Joseph he would again find favor with his father and no longer be disinherited, but instead be given what a firstborn deserved? Unfortunately, Reuben's idea was thwarted when the other brothers got back and Joseph got back to Joseph first and sold him. Reuben was able to save Joseph's life, but could not bring him home. Instead, he would have to go along with his brothers and tell their father Joseph had been eaten by wild animals. So many relationships broken in this family. Father alienated from his sons because of his desire to favor just one child. Joseph alienated from his brothers because of his love and devotion to his father and letting that desire cause him to do things like snitch on his brothers. Reuben's desire to save his brother, not because of his love for Joseph, but because he wanted to find a way to win his father's favor. The lie about Joseph dying that the sons of Jacob had to live with because they chose to sell their brother, and a father whose heart was broken at the thought of losing his favored son. Now this would make an interesting read in a novel, but this is not fiction. This is real life. This is a reality that a lot of families face, broken relationships, broken for many different reasons, this isn't something that only happened back then. This is something something that happens in families now. The pit that Joseph was thrown into is the same pit that many of us may find ourselves in sometime during our lives. A place of darkness as we sit and wonder, how did we get here? Broken relationships are different for different people. They may not be as dramatic as what Joseph and his brothers went through, but they are just as painful. Someone has hurt us, or we have hurt someone else, and find ourselves cast aside, and all of a sudden, we are in the pit, wondering how to get out. God's grace comes to us in different ways. For Joseph... Grace came in the form of Reuben talking his brothers out of killing him. Grace did not take him back to his father, but did take him to where his dreams would be lived out and there would be a time when he would reign and others would bow down before him. This should be a lesson for all of us that grace does not come in a neat package. Sometimes we may not recognize God's grace until further along in our lives. I'm sure when Joseph was sold to the traitors, he was not thinking that God's grace was a part of the deal. As we contemplate broken relationships in our lives, we may want to remember our reading from Matthew. Think of yourselves as one of the disciples in the boat that is being battered by waves. 
The turbulent water represents the chaos in our lives, those broken relationships. But notice who is with us in the midst of the chaos. Jesus Christ. Jesus reaches out his hand and says, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. When you feel like you are in the pit, when family relationships overwhelm you, when you do not know what to do next, hold out your hand. Jesus is waiting to take it. Jesus is waiting to pull you out of the chaos or join you in the pit. Amen. Using the words of the Apostles' Creed, let us confess our holy faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Confident of your care and helped by the Holy Spirit, we pray for the church, the world, and all who are in need. For your whole church throughout the world, give courage in the midst of storms, so that we see and hear Jesus calling, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. May we follow Christ wherever he leads. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the well-being of your creation, protect waterways, forests, lands, and wildlife from exploitation and abuse. 
help the human family work to sustain and be sustained by the resources you provide. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the nations and their leaders, in you we find steadfast love and faithfulness. May nations follow your example and offer the same to everyone. Be with all those in military service and their families, especially Nick Timmerman and Andrew Grau. May their ways be safe and their homecomings joyful. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For those in need, everyone who calls upon your name will be saved. Be with those who suffer in any way, especially those we carry in our hearts and those we name aloud. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For our congregation, you have gathered us here today as your people, and we thank you for this gift. We pray for those who are new in this community, for students and teachers preparing for a new school year, and for those struggling with unexpected hardship. May we find ways to reach out to all who need your grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We give you thanks, O God, for the saints of the whole church, for all times and places, and for the saints in our lives and in our community, whom you have gathered to yourself. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In the certain hope that nothing can separate us from your love, we offer these prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.
Go in peace. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God.